you want to be an artist but like you don't really know how to go about it and they don't really tell you then after you study uni at university anything outside of that feels like a bit of a failure how am i teaching you about every aspect of arting you know like the business side of things the legalities of arting hello hello internet hope you are all good this week um today we have a special special episode a two-parter so we are talking about the transition from art school to the business of arting. In this first part, we are joined by Tammy Langtree, who is going to share her experiences of art school and going from art school to the real world. Hey guys. Um, yep, it's definitely going to be an interesting and vital episode. Um, I think we've all been there. We've done the art school thing. And next question is always, where do we go from here? So hopefully you guys can relate to some of the personal experiences we share in this first part. Also, just to note that we reached out to some of our friends in the art community to share their personal experiences of art school. So you'll be hearing a few snippets from them throughout the episode as well. <laughs> okay, so let's just jump into it. Um, so today we are talking about um, so you have the degree from art school and you need to transition from art school and into the professional world of arting. How do you do that? Like, what was that process like? What was your, what was your experience like in art school? And did you feel well prepared after you went, after you left art school? So I guess, Tammy, um, so what was the process of deciding you want to do art and how did your family feel about it? It's a loaded question to ask, how did I come to art or decide to be in art and how did uh, my family respond? Uh, I was saying that sometimes it's about the directions you don't want to go in that kind of led me to art. Um, and I was really privileged enough to go to a high school that did art as an elective. So in high school at grade 10, you know, you have to choose certain subjects to pursue and we had the option of art. Um, so I did art very badly. Um, but we did something called art history where we studied uh, art and culture from around the world um, as well as from South Africa. And that um, excited me and interested me. Um, so it was more responding to that. And for example, not wanting to do geography. That was the reason I decided to move towards art. Um, but it was a privileged decision because I know some people don't have art in their schools and I believe in South Africa, there's a history of, um, you know, where art can be, uh, where, which schools did uh, support the arts and uh, fund the arts. So I know that there's a, a political history there. Um, but then in high school, oh, in matric, uh, my best friend's mom worked at Butts University in Joburg. And so she, we didn't know what we wanted to study. We were like, oh my God, we have to apply for, high, for university. Our parents are willing to support us to go to university. Oh crap, what do we pick? And I think um, she then, you know, kind of showed us around, took us to certain classes, let us like speak to lecturers and students and stuff like that to explore what we wanted to do. So I think we got a very human experience, which is different to maybe what some people get when they look on a website and they're like, oh, biology or, or accounting and then you just kind of see the coursework and then you have to choose based on that. Um, my interest was in psychology because I was fascinated with the human mind and the human experience um, and so throughout university I was studying art 
no, I was studying psychology, history, normal BA, but I found a way to do art history as like a separate elective, which is not necessarily always the case. Um, and then you have to do something called FEPA, which was like a transitional thing so that everyone from different streams like theater, um, film, performing arts, et cetera, like all transitioned into this one big, big course. Um, and then after that, you could then go into your specific. So whether it was theater and, and drama or art history and art, like you could move after that. Yeah, I was working while studying because, I mean, firstly, I think we all know student life is really hard and you don't make a lot of money or you're not making money. You're, you're, if you can, your parents are holding you down. If not, you have to work and make the money either to pay your school fees or to pay for your lifestyle because, you know, also everyone's trying to, you know, live that drinking culture in, in university, live that little piece of freedom in university. Looking back now, I'm so grateful that I was working because I learned so much about how the, in, like the outside world works, like how businesses work and how um, people work together and how people organize and like just the formalities of business in a way. Uh, I, apparently I was the first intern at Stevenson Gallery um, and that was also amazing and I know internships are such a tricky thing in the art world as well but um, luckily I was studying at Pitts University and Stevenson Gallery was literally across the road so I could schedule it like in my work week in my um, like school week and that was helpful because I I, I don't know how I would do it out, outside of that. You know what I mean? I like commit more hours, commit more time and effort. Um, but yeah, like I was saying also, I didn't have a lot of family support in terms of knowing the landscape of art and knowing like who to speak to and how to do things. Nobody in my family is in art in any kind of way, really, or especially in contemporary art. So you're kind of navigating an industry that's not very transparent or very clear, um, yeah, I have to say I have the exact same or similar experience, I should say, like the things you said that I touched upon that I was like, okay, I yeah, nope, did that work whilst I studied. Um, yep, didn't have anybody in the family beforehand who had any sort of experience or knowledge of um, the art world as it stands. Um, so yeah, like I think same thing. Like I, I was, obviously I wanted to be an artist and I remember like phoning my family back home because I used to live in, in the UK and saying, yep, I'm gonna study photography. Um, and mom goes, oh, so you wanna to go to war-torn areas and take photographs for a living. And I remember thinking that was such an interesting way for her to kind of understand all that photography could be. The art school experience was very much similar in that didn't have like that sort of structural family support or an understanding of the inner workings, got to art school. Same thing, I paid my way through art school. So I worked weekends, um, evening jobs, the whole summer, the whole thing, just to kind of make sure it was something where I didn't have debt because that was another thing I think especially living in the UK I didn't want student debt so I was like how do I make money in a way that sustains the fact that once I'm done I'm done I'm not beholden to then having to to earn a living outside of the arts just to pay back my student loans so shout out to retail um, as an alternative to that um, and then yeah I, I liked what you were saying about um, the internships and all these other jobs preparing you for like the real world yeah, um, and I guess I could also relate to about like having to explain to your family what you do, because I think with my family was the same thing. I mean, my family is pretty traditional in that they really understand like very traditional quote unquote jobs. So doctor, lawyer, engineer, 
teacher or whatever. So they really, when I was like, I want to do art, especially my dad, I think it was like a lot of worry about what that would mean if I could like support myself afterwards and what that would look like. And also just coming from Zimbabwe, which is a very conservative place. I think his only understanding of art were like, you know, those Zimbabwean um, stone sculptures. So like there's a kind of stereotype of what an artist is in Zim and that's pretty much it. But yeah, I was also privileged enough to go to a high school that also taught art. Um, But I remember thinking that I had to figure out a way to tell my parents that I want to do art and like I can make a living from it. So I was like, I'm going to study design instead. So like learning how to do um, more like industrial design. Um, So that was kind of my approach and entry into saying that I want to do art, but I want to do, do it in a way that I can be able to survive and live and be independent on so yeah and then um I went to art school and and it was really quite an experience I went to Michaela so that was really quite an experience um and also because I'd never studied like art history so that was also really interesting to get into that world of understanding the art canon um I was lucky enough fortunate enough to have like really good financial support from my parents um, and then I used to work, I did work part-time for on weekends um, while I was studying. And then, yeah, which kind of helped to kind of just support in small things. I guess it's also interesting about like working in these like kind of art spaces after school, because it is such a like covered or veiled industry. You don't, you don't quite know how to go about it. Like you want to be an artist, but like you don't really know how to go about it. And they don't really tell you like there's no playbook basically there's no sort of I think the same way that if you if you were an accountant or doctor you would know the exact steps to take to get to where you need to where you want to be but in art I think there's no sort of yeah there's no roadmap basically and no one really gives you an like openly a roadmap. I graduated um, at art school in 2012 and for me, it was um, I was uncertain about what's going to happen with regards to my career. I was not prepared in understanding the business of art, um, how to send invoices, how to um, file my taxes, and also if I work with people, how do I go about all those things? I wish that I had been taught as part of my undergrad, but um, we weren't really taught those things. I then um, was friends with Michaela, who started Art Meets, and she actually helped me a lot with regards to most things, um, including keeping admin of editions of work that I have uh, and uh, doing certificates of authenticity, all those things. Like I I was not aware of all the admin that um, one has to do. Did you guys have that at university? Like notice what that showed you that there's internships here or work experience at this gallery or this museum or in this artist studio. Did you guys have that? Um, yeah, I think at Michaela's they did have like a notice board. Cause I remember there was, so we were, we were on campus with the drama kids and also the art kids. So sometimes I would go to the drama side and then I would always see these notice boards with just like all these different opportunities. And like same thing with the art school, there was like a notice board with different um, jobs and all of that. 
And sometimes I think lectures would tell you if something was going on or if something was needed. Yeah, same at WITS. I think we, we also had a notice board um, in the Wasoa School, the WITS School of Arts, um, and probably by the theater. I'd have, to, I'd have to think back, but I think they did. But I would say my main connection was through lecturers. And you kind of have to, have to strike up a good relationship with the lecturers who would then either show you or pass you opportunities or let you know. Sometimes there would be like, a, not a mass email, but like an email to the class that would say, hey, this place is looking for this or whatever. Um, I, I think Banza was working around the time that I was, I was studying. So that was also another portal that would always reflect on and look at and consider. But um, it is, it's what you said, Pida. It's like, it's super opaque and you're never sure how to navigate it. And then you kind of have to, you, you have to rely on relationships in order to kind of get you information or like to be more transparent and share stuff with you, which I think is very weird and shady. Um, and I think it doesn't uh, support you being in, an independent professional that can really contribute as much as you could. I think professional practice modules, like, is that a thing? Um, at UAL, we had a um, professional practice module. So it was kind of like thinking through how to write grants or how to structure like the more kind of practical or pragmatic elements of what we did. But I don't think they were very useful in terms of like life after education. If anything, they constantly reminded us that, yeah, most of you aren't really going to be artists anyway, so it's fine. It's not fine. But that was kind of the, the thinking around it was, we'll give you these modules, but they're not actually useful. We could never have been taught enough. Half the things we were taught in the time of learning were outdated so fast, but all the core things that we should have learned were not taught. Maybe it has to do with the pressure of working with big groups that information is spread so thin. Speaking only towards professional practice subjects, we were taught by an old person who happens to know very little about the development and transformation of technology. We had to rely on the student tutors to answer tech questions. Using our data technology meant that our digital professional practice was also limited. We were not really given the tools and channels for us to even go on to research further in terms of anything business related. Entrepreneurial knowledge was capped at what seemed like a high school sale. The sad truth is we were taught that we were going to be struggling artists that needed to find a job. And that maybe after that, you could be an artist if you were lucky. So there was no encouragement to invent, to create, and to be entrepreneurs. We didn't even get brief workshops on applying for funding or accessing funds that would start the anchoring of many projects or small businesses. I don't expect that everything can be taught in the space of three years, but I think that at the very least, the direction to information, summarized packages of important information would have been great for students to start with. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even at WITS, we didn't have a professional practice um, like elective or support um, and I think that's what I wanted to um, like say or segue earlier is like how I mean the one thing people always say about artists or art individuals is like we, we problem solve you know so we're very we can we can very much see a problem and like adapt or and and I think that's a, a powerful quality um, but at the same time, I think it's really sharpened in these experiences where you don't have certain things. So you just have to go and find the answer or you have to try and solve for X, but you don't even know why, you know, it's like, it's this crazy formula that you really don't get all the pieces to. And it puts a lot of pressure on students to try and figure out the world and how do they translate themselves into the world. I think now WITS has uh, professional practice courses 
um, but but they're still like just a very um, nice to have but not essential part of university experience from from what I've I've seen. I know different universities treat it differently, but I had to leave university to go on a professional practice course, um, and it's very disappointing because it's. Uh, th there's no, I mean, we talk about a bicycle with training wheels. There was no training wheels. There weren't even wheels. You were just on a bike with no wheels. That's what it felt like in, in relation to professional practice. Yeah, and I guess for me, um, just to jump off your point about professional practice, like we did have a professional practice course at Michaela's. It gets taught in your final year. And they basically kind of try to take you through how to be a professional artist and they bring in is that they bring us sometimes like art world professions like curators and other artists to like talk to us um but then it's also kind of weird because i remember specifically at so at mckaylee's when you when i when first year when we started it was like a class of like 60 or 70 people and so one of the lecturers came in and was like out of everyone in this class probably 30 20 to 30 percent of people will drop out and only two of you will actually be artists and I just remember thinking like, that is so insane that like, you would just come and say that to people who are studying and like not also give alternatives. And I remember like in the final year, we had another curator, like another kind of known curator come in and who was like, if you want to be an artist and he, and he worked for this, like for this gallery and he was like, if you want to be an artist, don't approach us don't send us your portfolio we'll come and find you so the country like the the space between saying only two of you will be artists and the rest will fall off and then saying don't come to us we'll come and find you like the gap is well how do you find me how do you what should i do in order in order for you to find me so you have to put out smoke signals that was a terrible joke. <laughs> that's how they'll find you you must just right. put the energy <laughs> out into the world and like the curatorial you know, like buzz will ping for them and they'll know to find you. Yeah, they'll just know some signals. Um, so then like, so then, yeah, I guess it just goes back to then this idea of networking and working with people, but also that the prof professional practice course that I experienced in this case was really not, did not really give a full, like a full kind of explanation because it's so veiled, like they really didn't, give like practical tools i think in my opinion um in in trying to answer this question you know i started thinking to some of the other students that i obviously went to school with because i was in, in the in ba i wasn't completely in the school of arts which i also think was a bit of a um a shortcoming on the university side because as someone who's just seeing this word of curator and didn't know how to translate that into the world of work um, we didn't get to like spend time with the art students as much. Like we came for the art history course and if you wanted to, you could stay on campus, but like we weren't invited to the crit sessions. We weren't invited to certain like exhibition plannings or whatever, which I think was a bit of a shortcoming as a curator because I, I think I could have had so much more um, experience and knowledge and network through that. In your art experiences, um like you go to art school, but they don't give you, like if they're saying only a certain percent, percentage of you will actually become artists and what does everyone else do? Like, I think they don't really also emphasize the different types of careers you can have that you can use your art degree to, to do, you know what I mean? 
like for example what if you want to go into like set design or you want to do like i don't know art writing for example like an art journalist like they don't really specify all the other things you can also do with your degree or they don't even sort of teach that so you always i found that you always had to do like if you were in art school like you would do electives of course um but there was never really emphasis on sort of providing with providing us with more career opportunities and there's always this element of scarcity of 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 resources of saying you want to be an artist like it seems so scarce i don't really remember us ever being taught that there were other career opportunities out there i know we certainly weren't um educated on like how to make a living from from art um and i was aware that my lecturers had jobs um so that was always a kind of possibility i guess um but it was only really after university and you're trying to kind of make a living and so on that that at least I started to look at other alternatives and things like that um is just to put bread bread and butter on the table. So I don't know did you guys experience or did you guys know that you could do other things as well and not just artists? University provided a very purest idea of you know artist art historian curator you know like the trying to emulate the epitome of those words um and constructed somehow but like as someone that studied art history and that was pursuing a career in curatorial work because that's what people who studied art history and weren't artists only did they weren't gallerists they weren't conservators as you're describing or registrars or anything like that they were just curators so if you studied art history you could only really be a curator i guess or maybe an art writer um but then when i entered the industry there weren't a lot of jobs for curators as far as i could see so then i became a project manager so i i was interested in the way that like how in school you're described as one thing then you leave and the industry kind of can make you a different thing based on titles and what's needed in different industries but yeah i feel like it was very really sad to not understand a more diverse way of entering the industry um and the the art landscape more generally um and i get that maybe if at school they don't have lecturers or courses that can um teach you in those ways but then why couldn't you have more internships which as i said i think they do do now in the curatorial um programs um but at that time it wasn't really there so i was copying and pasting and sticking together a lot of things that i thought a curator was um not always based on the industry but based on like maybe a, a bunch of different places and people and organizations and things i read um so it was like diy in my mind um but it's disappointing and i think then after you study uni at university anything outside of that feels like a bit of a failure what a bit like well how did i get here i don't know about you guys as artists but i'd say that in in maybe being on a, in a different uh, lane in the art art world um i would say ditto <laughs> in the sense that like in my time at UAL there was never really um an encouragement of cross pollination between the six different campuses so you never knew or it wasn't at least made exclusively obvious to you that you could go to a different campus and pick up a new skill be it in the form of a short course or different types of internships etc um and so there was always this piece of information lacking for example myself 
going from being an artist and now focusing more on curatorial practice, writing, et cetera. That was something that through work experience and time on my own, I kind of found as opposed to the higher learning kind of giving me those skills of going, oh, okay, well, if I'm, you know, same as you, Pida, we got that same lecture of only like 5% of you will be artists, but they were smart because they did that at the end, right? So we'd paid for years of education and then they told us, which was clever. Don't tell them at the start because then you lose their money. Wow, that is Yeah, so they, they waited until our last semester to have that <laughs> conversation. There's a bit of a weird gap that exists there between the ways that people find themselves after the school system and how the school system helps or hinders them getting there. I was just going to say, I'd be interested to know how that kind of psychology of, I'm going to teach you this, but once you leave school, you're going to have to be all these other things, how that impacts someone's like understanding of their purpose, like in their work. And secondly, also how that's maybe um, created a sense of competitiveness and the cutthroatness and the like the continued veiling and opacity of you know how do people get where they get and how do they do what they do I also don't think that it's necessarily in the interests of these art institutions to equip artists with business skills and skills that will help them have self-sustaining careers and independence because the way the system operates currently in this industry forces artists for that exact reason to have to rely on galleries and third-party mediators in order to create their careers and sustain their careers because of the skills that they lack and because of the legalities that they don't understand. And these are just huge gaps and could be game-changing if there was even just an elective that covered this kind of content. On the one hand, if you are in, you are in opportunities will avail themselves to you but how do you get in um and I wonder maybe it's like a redesign of this model of education maybe it is about how am I teaching you about every aspect of arting you know like the business side of things the legalities of arting that we're all still learning here like how are you you know sorting out your taxes how are you thinking about yourself as a business owner an artist um, a teacher um, a maker, all of those things in one go, because I do think the business of arting is all of those things at once. But all you get in art school, or at least primarily, in my experience, is how are you making something and how are you being critical about it? No, we got none of the above. I remember a peer of mine asking if we could get a class on taxes, copyright and the law of art. The problem is that none of the people teaching us are people from these fields. We can have an artist teach us how to make art, but to have an artist teach us professional practice means they are only teaching us from their experience of being artists to some extent. What we needed was a collection of people who specialize in these different fields, sharing summaries of this information. So when we even say tax, that we know where to go and what to call it. But we find ourselves at the very beginning with a qualification and needing to go start the search for ourselves on what to even call sole propriety, PTY, LTD, etc. This includes accounting, the simple idea of pricing artworks. That was always up in the air, stays up in the air. We needed experts from the field to be called in and for us not to depend on artists and to be quite honest, artists that are not practicing.
And I think there is something to be said about learning about the business, the actual business of arting, because I do, for me personally, like I do see artists as entrepreneurs or like creative entrepreneurs, because you are making these things and then you need to make them to sell. And so how do you survive? How do you have a studio practice that's thriving, but that's able to be able to sort of administer yourself as a business? So I think that's an that's an interesting space. And I think a lot about, for example, like in Zimbabwe, like a lot of Zimbabwean artists who do, I think who do really think of themselves as entrepreneurs and who are using what they can um, to create to create their their practice, but then also like making a business out of it. Um, and I think there's also something to be said about after art school, what are the different spaces so I'm thinking of maybe alternative spaces that are not necessarily art school or that can like be an addition to your art school experience so like residencies like doing residencies after art school or doing um fellowships or doing courses or doing whatever opportunities you may have I think I I was fortunate that I was able to go to New York and do my MFA but then after my MFA, I was able to do quite a few residencies because I guess in a city like New York, there are a lot of spaces that offer that kind of thing. A lot of really well-funded and well-resourced resourced spaces that will be able to um, fund you as an artist and to give you what, the things you need to sort of thrive. So in a space like that, I was really fortunate but then I think I'm also wondering like what are those spaces here I know there's like this bag factory which does really incredible work um and there's quite other like the other spaces that do that or maybe what are the other spaces that also offer like alternative um education to being an artist you know there are some amazing spaces like at that time it was sober and lonely um, for me as someone more in the world of like curatorial work and art writing etc sober and lonely which I think is still running at the moment um, bag factory great more these are spaces that actually give artists um, preference to having space to work having a community to work with and around um, a support system I remember when I was working at the bag factory um, uncle Pat or Bra Pat for example would you know, any day of the week, you would find him supporting another artist, like, oh, you don't know how to stretch a canvas, let me show you, or you don't know how to um, prime the canvas, let me show you. Um, so those communities, I think, are essential for, um, like, post-university life, or even if you didn't go to university, those spaces are there in order to provide a supportive community in some way. Um, and I actually did a professional practice course at the bag factory. Um, so yeah, I think those opportunities are there. Um, and for artists, yes, a little bit more. And I know that now as well, post, well, in COVID, a lot of online residencies even. So um, I think it was Pool um, has also hosted like a lot of online stuff that I think is meaningful. Um, but yeah, I think uh, recently I've had this conversation with, um, the team at Bag Factory for their recent um, curatorial residency, which they actually changed the name of that to um, like cultural producer or cultural practitioner because of the fact that like curatorial work 
on the continent where these where the, this open call is going to it doesn't really exist the way it exists in the north um so how do we nuance that title and uh, figure out ways of supporting the work that is happening um in these spaces i think like these spaces i mean the spaces you've already mentioned are really crucial and important like you know yeah definitely like great more studios um you definitely do a lot of really great work in supporting artists and kind of nurturing artists to develop their career and move on to the next phase of their careers. Um, yeah, I think it's very- I also just, um, just on that point, I also want to say, and I'm, I'm observing this now being back in Joburg and looking at the landscape, there are so many different kinds of, of art community spaces. Like if you look at the, not the difference per se, but the kind of different art communities that arise when you look at Bag Factory versus when you look at August House, or like Black Block, which is more in Bramfontein side. Um, you know, there's such nuances and differences in those art communities. Um, so they are there and they do support, but I think it's also about finding which kind of art community you fit in or that works for you, I guess is the other important thing. Thank you, Tammy, for your input. I think we've sort of reached the end of the episode. I enjoy talking to you guys. And I don't think we speak enough about like, trials and tribulations of navigating the art industry so thank you thank you so much tammy i think you gave us some really really great insight and i really enjoyed the conversation and i think we provided quite a few different diverse opinions and points of view of how people get into art school so i'm really looking forward to next week when we get more into the resources and really give tools that could be helpful Absolutely. Um, thanks as well, Tammy, for sharing your experience with us, Pida, your experience, um, and to all the people who contributed little short clips for us. Um, I think it's been a super, help super helpful way to kind of see that we all kind of go through the sim similar struggles in terms of trying to figure out the after of art school. So yeah, keep your ears peeled for part two of this episode, um, where we talk about the actual resources necessary. Look forward to it. Bye, guys.